But right now, let's welcome Alistair Dobson back to Sport FM Airwaves in Perth, head of Big Bash Leagues. We had the announcement of the fixture for the uh, the BBL coming up, BBL 14, later in the year. Alistair, good morning. Morning, guys. Great to chat again. And nice to be speaking about a fixture release. It's always exciting when we know who's playing who and where, but, of course, the thing that stood out was that there's less games this year. So uh, there's 10 matches as part of the home and away. Just talk us through, logistically, how you work through that with now everybody not playing each other twice. Yeah, it was, it was part of our new media rights deal uh, that kicks in next year, actually. So we're in the final year of it now, but obviously Logic said once we'd made the call to to reduce the season, to bring it forward into this season made sense. And, and obviously consulting with our clubs and our players and, and listening to fans and our broadcasters, it was the, it was the right move. And, and in building this schedule, it was the first time in a while. We had a 40-game season four or five years ago before we expanded. So it's been a little while since we've built a schedule with 10 games per team. And you know, obviously there are, there are a few games uh, that pick themselves in terms of everyone playing each other once and then and then we, uh, we sort of uh, waited to see how the, the rest of the schedule fell to get the right balance and, and really excited about how it's, how it's turned out. Is there concern that uh, it compromises that there's only 10 and you don't play each other twice? And um, was there the thought of maybe, you know, double headers and that to fit them in in a, in a shorter period? I think when you're putting a schedule together or, or looking at the structure of a competition, it's a balance of all the factors, whether that's, you know, the, the, the best players being available, the, the maximising your audience and both at the ground and, and on TV, you know, listening to the fans and the players. And then obviously there's a, there's a competition uh, component as well. So, no, we, we thought 40 games was right. Um, obviously, not everyone playing each other twice, um, you know, is a consideration, but we're in the balance of all those things. Um, it, it was the right thing to go to a 10-game season and, and we think it's the right move. So it, are we looking at it like over a three years that everybody will play the other sides twice or, you know, like the ones they're not playing twice this year, that'll be fixtured in next year and, and so on? Yeah, we, we probably won't fix it in the sense of, of having a firm position on that. Obviously, it'll be a consideration from one year to the next. When we do next year's schedule, we'll have a look at who played each other twice this year, you know, and picking the right... Uh, you know the right mix. Obviously, from one year to the next, to the next, different teams are at the top of the ladder and competitive. So, doing it over a multi-year period looks good in on paper, but ultimately, it doesn't necessarily even it up if that's what you're worried about. So, from one year to the next, it's about getting the right balance of travel, uh, home matches for each team, player availability. Obviously, for the Scorchers' perspective, probably equally, if not more important, is just getting the the balance of travel right in such a compressed season like the BBL. How many times they have to fly across the country is a real consideration. So. When we look at who they play twice, that's you know, the travel mix is also one of the factors we play into that. And I think when we saw the fixture last week, Alistair, that's the thing that stood out to us, is that the first two games are in Melbourne, so the, the Scorchers go over and play the, the Stars and the Renegades, and then they come back and play three games at home in a row. So that's all about uh, easing the travel burden on these, these clubs that do have a bit of travel during the BBL. I'm sure it's similar for the Heat and for Adelaide and, and even for Hobart. Yeah, it's definitely a strong consideration. I think what's important to point out for this coming season is the, the slightly unusual shape of our test summer. Obviously, the Scorchers are on the road for the first week because we can't play in Perth because of that first test match. So we're off Optus Stadium for that first week, which means that it was logical that the Scorchers were able to effectively knock off a couple of away games in a row. And that gave them then the benefit of being able to get you know a run of home games. They well spaced, so the fans will get plenty of time to, to, to space out between games. But but equally, you know, when the Scorchers put in their fixture request each year and work with us, you know, balancing that travel, as I said, compared to the footy when perhaps they get a week in between games, 
we've had seasons in the past where the scorchers have been pinging back and forward across the country on a on a daily basis, which really just isn't sustainable or, or conducive to high performance. So, yeah, the, the, this season's played out really well for them, partly because of the unavailability of Optus early, but also it's a really important uh, consideration for them. Well, we've got a couple of, yeah, two condensed blocks, which we travel on that. And I haven't looked at the others too much and it's a similar situation like for Adelaide teams or I suppose that it's a it's a bit easier for them being so close yeah it's a, it's a little bit easier to be honest so Brisbane whether it's Brisbane or Adelaide they're they're obviously a, you know halfway back you know across across the country mm. so to speak it's definitely a factor we we um we look at that obviously in a shortened season when they're only playing you know 10 matches rather than 14 it is a little bit easier and we're able to be a little bit more flexible on travel so it's it's a consideration for everyone also even Melbourne teams and Sydney teams who still have to travel to Perth when they're coming back from Perth or coming back from Brisbane, we try and keep an eye on how quickly they play again, as I said. In a BBL season where there's a game every night, we don't necessarily have the luxury of, of having weeks break in between. So it's, it's a big part of the scheduling process for sure. Alistair Dobson with us, uh, Cricket Australia's General Manager of uh, Big Bash Leagues. We're chatting the BBL fixture, which was released last week. A shortened season, 10 games per team, and a, a revamped finals format as well that we'll talk about in a moment. Alistair, there's been talk about a Christmas Day sport, full stop, and the NBL breached into that area last year uh, for a, a game of basketball. You've, re- maybe not rejected, but you've uh, avoided playing a game on Christmas Day this time around. Was there consideration given to that? Yeah, it's been it's been a discussion for for a number of years, and, and you weigh up all the all the pros and cons and some of the challenges that come with it. Again, in a in a season where we've got less games, it's perhaps not as important or not required to activate that time slot, if you like. So we haven't haven't felt the need to do it this year. It's not off the table forever, but I think ultimately consulting with players and our broadcasters and even fans to a degree, there's. There's not necessarily a huge demand for it. Um, that said, we, we're watching with interest how the NBL go, and they've they've obviously doubled down this season with with a couple of games, and you know we'll watch that with interest. But but right now, it's not something we need to do. How does it? Well, obviously it does. It marry in with the international fixtures, you know, one with the Aussies here in Australia, and I suppose the way of attracting overseas players to stay for the tournament. Yeah, this season's um, a really unique one. Because of the, the uh, Men's World Cup in India in November, our summer of international cricket, and if you've seen that schedule, is pushed back a little bit later than normal. So there's test matches being played right through to the end of January, which which does create some unique considerations for, for the BBL schedule in and around um, the venue availability and, and to a degree, um, player availability from, from the Australian test side. So... We were, we were fortunate last year to have players play a number of games. That'll be a little bit more challenged this season because of the nature of the test the test summer. That said, um, a reduced game or a reduced season certainly helps our discussions on the international front. Given it's such, so competitive now and players have so many options around the world to play in different competitions and a couple within our, within our window to be able to um, effectively um, you know, require them for a, for a shorter period of time helps. What I would say is going forward next season, um, opens up for us in the new FTP cycle where the test matches are, are a little bit earlier and there's no international cricket beyond the SCG test. Uh, for next season, we've got a really great run at uh, player availability, albeit this season's a little bit more challenged. Alistair, just talk us through the, the revamped final series. So the final series will see first and second place teams battle out in the qualifier, direct passage into the final, then third and fourth play the following night in the knockout. Uh, and then where do we go from there? Just talk us through how it, how it will work. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty traditional four four team final series. So the loser of one and two and the winner of three and four are effectively play off in what you might call a preliminary final to, to get through to the final. So we, we had a five team five game final series that made sense in the in the context of a reduced game season to have another look at that. We think four teams playing over over four matches is, is right and, and still gives the you know the, the high likelihood the best team of the year will win it. Great chance to host the final and no, it doesn't take doesn't take much memory to look back at last year's finals and see how big that can be. So um, we think that's the right model alongside the reshape of the whole season. And the draft, um, that's, still, that's still in place. And when does that begin? Yeah, the nominations are open. We've extended it to a WBBL draft this year as well. So we've got both the men's and women's draft happening at the same time. Nominations are open. And again, the early indications are really positive. The players that are indicating their willingness and, and interest to come and play in, in the BBL and WBBL, that that's... We're yet to fix the, the specific date of the event, but it'll be in and around the end of August, early September, like it was last year. We're, we're in the final final stages of locking that away uh, as well. So we thought, you know, last year went exceptionally well for us. We're really excited about about doubling it up with the with the WBBL and just another big milestone on the road to the season. We're expecting the WBBL fixture this week, uh, Alistair. What can you tell us about that without giving away trade secrets? How will that competition look? Yeah, no, that's shaping up well. And any day, if not if not today or tomorrow, so um, putting the finishing touches on that. It's um, again uh, the, the WBBL goes from strength to strength. It's it's the best women's cricket league in the world, the highest standard, and and um, you know obviously uh, lots of other competitions emerging now. We saw the WPL um, come to life this year, which was awesome, and 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 the hundred obviously is about to kick off over over in the UK as well. So we've got yeah, we've got some some interesting. Um, evolution of the competition this year, which, which we'll be really excited to announce in the next couple of days. And, and obviously, you know, the, the best cricketers in the world playing in the best stadiums is a big part of our ambition for, for the WBBL. So some, some big announcements to come. And that'll have a, a similar time frame to what it has in recent times. The actual uh, time that it's played uh, through uh, October, November, that'll, that'll still be the window? Yeah, correct. It'll kick off on and around the 19th of October and, and the final will be on the 2nd of December. So um, it's uh, it, that, that competition's as it was last year and, and, and the players are really excited about that. Um, obviously, some, some great cricket happening in, in both the Ashes overseas at the moment, which is um, which is just a precursor to those players coming back into the WBBL. Absolutely. Now, last year you introduced the DRS, Decision Review System, into the, the BBL and uh, for televised games of the WBBL, that seemed like it was really well received and maybe some of the poor decisions that we, we scratched our heads at in previous tournaments, we were, we were happy to have the DRS. Was that well received by the players? Yeah, obviously it was it was um, it was an inevitable, if you like, evolution of the competition. We 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 were excited to bring it in the players and the umpires and everyone was everyone were um, were, were keen on that. It went went well. Um, the BBL is a really uh, complex competition with with the number of venues and the number of games we have. So our providers did a great job and our broadcasters in in delivering that. But yeah, I think ultimately. Um, it, uh, it further professionalises that competition. Alistair, last year after the Scorchers' uh, latest BBL triumph, we're very proud of our team over here, as you can imagine, there was talk about a domestic player pool potential or a draft to see some of the best domestic players potentially put into a draft to be taken to other teams. Was that ever considered? Would, would you look at doing that with the best domestic players locally? Yeah, we, we've recently been through, since last season, a, a process with the, the ACA on a new MOU, which is effectively our, our our agreement with the players, which we considered a whole 
range of different contracting methods and, and, and the players are, are our partner in that. So, you know, including an overseas player draft, there were different models discussed and a domestic draft was amongst them. And, and ultimately we landed with, with, a, with a revised contracting model that has some, has some different pools of money available to different players. We didn't go down the path of a domestic draft. There are a whole range of reasons and considerations around that. But I think the, the BBL and WBBL being bold and innovative in its contracting models is really important to us. It's a competitive global marketplace now for players and, and even domestically. And, and I think you now we see lots of value in, in using our contracting model, if you like, uh, to drive value in the competition. And, and the draft is one example and, and some of the other methods we put in this year will, will play their role. Do you think we can have a final as good as the one we had over here at the end of last season, Alistair? That, that's got to be the benchmark now, doesn't it, for the men's and the women's, a game as good as that? Uh, I was going to say, we could only hope. I mean, what, what, a, what a phenomenal night, just the, the, the week leading in and obviously the, the Scorchers as an organisation did an incredible job of building it up. You could just see the connection they have with the town and, you know, came to life. And, you know, I think we were all a bit worried that it was going to be a one-sided game given it was the the uh, the, the, the giants of the, in the Scorchers and perhaps the, the, the severe underdogs in the heat. But, you know, obviously that's the that's the beauty of T20 cricket, that on any given day you can you can nearly snatch it and... and um, for the game to finish the way they did, and um, yeah, we, we we could only dream that that would be replayed again this season, and, and fingers crossed we get there. Hopefully, the Scorchers are involved, and a similar result is achieved at the end of it. Alistair, thanks for your time; <laughs> always appreciated, and good luck as you uh, continue to reveal these fixtures and put the stepping stones in place for the season to come. Thanks, guy. Thanks, guys. That's Alistair Dobson joining us here on Sports Breakfast. He's the, the head of Big Bash Leagues, uh, chatting us through the men's fixture with the women's fixture imminent. In the coming days. It was a great final. Uh, one thing I must correct myself, it's BBL 13, not BBL 14. So we're up to BBL 13 now for the men and it's WBBL 9 for the ladies. That that tournament has come a long way in recent years and